0: Church, we're going through a series called Grateful Living. What does it mean to live gratefully? Is there things that we're going to unpack, and today I have the privilege to share with you on time. Has anyone here heard the phrase, I'm so busy? Yeah? We might be guilty of saying it. Um, I, I sometimes have to catch myself when I say it because... It's often an excuse for something else that's going on or, or maybe I am actually busy, but so is everyone else. I'm so busy. Last week, uh, Quentin spoke about tribe, what it means to be a, a tribe and to live gratefully in our tribe and to steward our tribe well. And a highlight from last week for me was that the greatest thing we'll ever learn is just to love like God loves and to be loved in return. And this week as we unpack time, we're going to discover what it means to steward time well, to live gratefully with time, and to gratefully give our time. Would you agree with me with this statement? There never seems to be enough time. There never seems to be enough time. I remember when I first heard that quote. It actually has its root in about the 1880s, as they were talking about the advent of a whole heap of different bits of technology that was going to revolutionise our lives and it was going to give us back time. And for business people, with the advent of commercial flying, the promise was that you would get back time. Yet it seems that never before have we had less time in our world. We have the same amount of time each day as those people had, but for some reason, all that extra time has disappeared. Just the other week, last week, I woke up in the morning, and we'd been reading, and I turned to Michaela and I said, this year's going to be our fourth anniversary. What? Already? And for some of you, it might be your 20th or your 30th or your, even your 40th this year, and you might be having the same feeling. Where has all the time gone? Time is a precious resource. We all have the same amount of it. Each of us. I have the power to choose what I do with my time. You have the power to do what you choose to do with your time we all have that power over our time what we do with our time how we use our time speaks to who we value what we value and how we value others a really great author that i like reading uh, james clear he writes in atomic habits he says every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. And he says this, this this all relates back to time he continues on, and he says, no single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. This is one reason why meaningful change does not require radical change. Small habits over time can make a new identity. Small improvements. Every action is a vote for the person we want to become. When we give time, it's a vote for the person we want to become and who we want to have in our lives. And the things that we value. But today, church, it is my belief that we have a problem with time. We either have too much or not enough. The way we spend our time has changed dramatically. Things are more efficient. We don't spend weeks travelling to another place. We can have instant gratification. We can order things immediately. The world of consumerism has changed the way that we live. So that whilst we supposedly have more time, we've never been more alone and we've never had less time. Every book I read, every demographer's research I open up, they all say the same thing. Our lives are being filled up with things that take up our time that aren't necessarily important. Over the past two years, there's probably one thing that has taken up a lot of our time, right? Does anyone want to have a stab at what they think it is? COVID, right, has taken up lots of our time. I said the other day, I said, man, I just want the past two years back. I, I didn't know I was already turning, I don't even know what I'm turning, or I'm turning 26 this year. I didn't know I'm already turning 26, I feel like I'm still 23. We've all felt like we've lost time. So how do we steward time well in this current series, season? And how do we manage our time well as disciples of Christ in an ever busy world? These are each of the facets on the screen of, of our Grateful Living series. And so today we're unpacking time and we've already done tribe, and soon we're gonna have talents and testimony and temple and treasure and truth. So as we unpack time, Siri does hey, not Siri, we got- That's the first time I've ever been interrupted on stage by Siri. I've done very well. We are responsible for how we spend God's gift of time. So time. Who owns our time, church? Who owns our time? God owns all of our time. He created you. He created this earth. He created time as we understand it, right? In six days, he made this earth, and on a seventh, he rested. So, how do we manage God's time well as a disciple? Well, first we need to understand who a disciple is. So a disciple, from what I could best define, this discipleship word is a buzzword. Every pastor uses it. Every Christian uses it. None of us probably fully understand what it actually means. But my definition for today is that a disciple is someone who in every way desires to follow Jesus. Which leads me to ask the question, how did Jesus faithfully manage his time? Because I would like to follow after Jesus. I think it begins in Revelation 12, 12. This is a a really important verse because it reminds us of the present reality that we are in. And it says, Rejoice then, you heavens and those who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you with a great wrath because he knows that his time is short. The devil knows that his time is short. And our time here on earth, we know, is short. So we need to manage it well and understand that the devil is going to try and distract us. But because we are a disciple, and because God has created us, and because God has created time, I believe that we are responsible for how we spend God's gift of time. That's a heavy phrase, isn't it? You, I, I am responsible for how I spend God's gift of time. For these three reasons. God is the Lord of time. We discover that right throughout the Bible. He created us at the beginning. We know what's happening at the end of Revelation. And we discover in the book of Daniel the way that Daniel was spending his time. He understood that it was for God that this was God's time. He was there for a purpose. This is God's gift of time. Also, you might be wondering why I put this one. He love is spelt time. The things we give our attention to, as I said before, indicates who we are. And the people that we give our time to, it tells them that we love them. The things that we give our time to shows them who we love because our time and the time that we give is actually a part of our actual lives that we are giving to people. So when you give your kids time, they feel love. When you give your wife or your husband time, quality time, they feel loved and appreciated. The same goes for God, the same goes for church and the same goes for our tribe. When we give our tribe time, like we are here this morning in fellowship, we are saying that for this hour, we are giving this a full devotion to our tribe because we love our tribe. The things that we give our attention to, the way we use our time, shows who we love. And the, the Jews understood this. The Shema, the Deuteronomy 6 passage from verse 4 to 12, it says, Here, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And because the Lord brought you out of Egypt, this is what you will do. They put the sign of God on their doorstep, on their hands and on their foreheads. And they spoke about God on on the roads and as they were going places where they were driving anywhere. For us today, it might be driving, it might be walking, it might be spending time with each other, whatever they did, And the time they spent with others, they did knowing that God was their Lord and that that time was precious. How do you honour God with that time? And finally, our time belongs to God and we should use it wisely. Any gift from God we should use wisely, but our time particularly because our time is short here on earth. Psalms 90.12 90.12 90.12 says this, it says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And then Ephesians 5 says this, I like this one. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord, church? Well, one, yes, we should be wise with our time, but the will of the Lord is all about that salvation narrative, that gospel narrative, that all of us should be saved. We should use the time we have wisely whilst we are here on earth and redeem it by being faithful to the gospel calling that we have. As Adventists, we say that's the three angels' message, that we need to share the everlasting gospel with all the world. But we should use that time wisely and put that thing, that sharing the gospel, of something that is of high importance. Ellen White puts it this way. Our time belongs to God. Every moment is his, and we are under the most solemn obligation to improve it to his glory. Of no talent he has given will he require a more strict account of than our time. She's referencing there the parable of the talents, where each of the different people invested in different ways, and some squandered it. My question is, is anyone here squandering? Am I squandering the time that God has given me? It's a good question to ask, or am I investing it wisely for the benefit of God's kingdom? There's going to be seasons and rhythms as there always are, but when I think about what I value, do I show up for God with the time I give for him? Ellen White also had one more quote that I thought was good. Time is an entrusted gift of God and is to be diligently employed in the service of Christ. I'm not saying you need to give 24 hours to the church here because you can serve Christ wherever you are in your life. But how do we serve Christ in our lives and in the time that we have is perhaps the driving question there. Because our world is messed up. Never before have humans, as I said before, had so little time. We're meant to have these devices. We're meant to have personal assistants like Siri. We're meant to have planes and cars and all these things to make things easier. But it seems to me that things have never been more complicated I I did this test on myself yesterday and it's a little bit of a shame moment for me or a a moment to reflect, not shame, but a moment to reflect and change the way I do. I opened up my phone and I checked my screen time. On iPhones today, you can check the things that you've been looking at and how long you've been looking at them for. And um, on my phone, the thing that was number one for the past week was one particular app and I realised I need to spend less time on it. And it was TikTok. Because on TikTok, you can give up 45 minutes of your time right before you even know it. Because, oh, it's just another 30-second video and a 10-second video and a 20-second video. But if I watch 50 of those, I've lost nearly an hour of my life and of my time and the things that I could value. And unfortunately, this week, nearly every single day, TikTok was the number one app on my phone So maybe that says I need to change things. There's little things in our lives that can show us the ways in which we can change. Now, it's not a bad thing to spend time for enjoyment. But when it starts to suck up the rest of our lives, I think there is a problem. Because there's a blueprint in the Bible of what time should be like. Because there's God's blueprint and there's a counterfeit. God's blueprint, every moment that we have here on earth should be a precious gift. Whereas Satan tells us, we've got all the time in the world, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. Today in our world, it seems to be that way where people just say, do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want with the time, things can happen later. My time is God's and I will be blessed if I use it for his glory, Is God's blueprint. But the world says that time is mine, and I can use it as I please. This one here I love. This is the rhythm of our lives. At six days you shall labor and the seventh you shall rest. There should be a rhythm to the way that we do things. But the world says that the hustle is what matters. The more you get done, the more you are valued and you just need to keep on doing. Never before in our world has burnout been at a higher rate There's something happening here in Australia at the moment. It's already happened in the US, and it's called the Great Resignation, in that between a third and a half of the workforce are realising that their jobs are not serving them and that they're resigning, either through burnout or through the realisation that their employers were using them or the realisation that the career that they were doing was not valued by anyone else, and they wanted to do something that gave them value. The great resignation. It's a realisation, it's a realignment of our society's priorities, and I think that we at this time have a gospel, have a special message that can speak to that, that God values you, that he wants you to have rest, to refresh for the rest of of your lives, to have a rhythm that is healthy, to stop burnout. Busyness can distract us from God's calling on our lives. God, however, wants us, God's putting us to have his calling at the forefront of our minds, whereas the world says that busyness is the best way to get ahead. This one here is my favourite. The Bible shows us, right from Genesis through to Revelation, that yes, the world is going to end, but we are here to take care of the earth and its resources, to use it wisely. Whereas the world says that we can use the earth and all its resources for our advantage. God tells us that today is the day of salvation. The world says that you can put it off. Live now, deal with eternity tomorrow. But, church, we have a short window of time. How we use that time matters, there's a rhythm to our lives. I'm not saying that we're going to be all things all the time. You don't have to to be here at church slaving away for 24 hours a day. That would be completely unrealistic, wouldn't it? Because we have to live. But for all things, there is a time. This passage is one that speaks right to my heart at the moment. It says, For everything there is a season. A time for every matter under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. There's a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. feels like the past two years have been a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose. There's a time to keep, and a time to throw away. There's a time to tear, to tear, sorry, and a time to sow. There's a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and there's also a time for peace. Our lives have rhythms. But in God's kingdom, all things have a time. In this world that's messed up, all things have a time. Yes, there's going to be pain in your life and you're going to have times where you just can't bear anything and you need to get rid of everything so that you can focus on you. But there's also a time where that's not a reality, where you have peace and joy and love and you're able to pour out into others. There's going to be times in our lives, in my life, where things aren't as they should be. But God promises that he, in time, restores. So, how are we faithful with our time even in these rhythms of life? How can we steward our time well to give God time when things are so busy and we aren't quite ready? We aren't meant to be all things all the time. Unfortunately, we live in a sinful world, we aren't perfect. but we should still be faithful with our time. And being faithful with our time means being honest with ourselves and the things that we are able to do right now. Being honest with God about what you were able to give him right now. You're giving him all that you can right now. He honours that. And to be honest and to steward this well and to give gratefully is to be honest with those that are a part of our tribe of our community, saying, hey, I'm not quite able to do that right now. I don't have enough time for that right now. Maybe another time. Or being honest that, hey, I want to give time right now because I can and I'm able to do that. Being faithful with our time means being honest. Quite often we all put up a fake facade um, sometimes I will say I'm busy as a, as a cop-out so that I can have time for me. Now, that's all sweet, but I can be more honest and say, hey, sorry, I have another appointment at that time, or hey, sorry, I really need to go and do some things for me at that time. People respect that. There's no shame in being honest with where you are at. Trouble, difficulties and dark times come our ways. God promises that there will be flourishing and plenty. So how can we apply all of this? Because I want to get some application now as we start to head towards the finish line. Well, firstly, there's a promise that if we are still, we will know I am God. When was the last time you were able to stop? It's a heavy question. When was I last able to stop and do nothing? It's a weird weird thing in our life right now. When was I last able to stop and do nothing? But when we are still and spend time with God, we will discover that he is leading our lives. Lives. There's many principles of time stewardship. And it all starts with prayer. In Romans twelve twelve, we discover that when we seek connection with God, he responds. Prayer allows us to step back, to find peace in the turmoil and the stress of our lives, and to refocus on the things that are essential. See, this is is a different look at prayer. Prayer, we often pray that, hey, we're going to get an answer if you pray. But prayer is also an opportunity for you to refocus and to seek God and to find peace in the chaos. How else can we steward our time well? If we read scripture. This is a challenge in our world. Things that go, 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 our, our phones. And this is a bad habit of mine is that my phone is often the first thing that comes off my bedside table, right? And there's notifications and there's news that Djokovic has been leaving the country again and he's here and then he's gone. There's all these things that take up our time the moment that we pick up our phones, Right? But if we, if we lean into scripture and find a way to lean into scripture and take that time on a regular basis, we discover that God speaks to us and we're able to understand the direction and the calling he has on us because he owns all time. And then witnessing. Witnessing. We talk about this sometimes, but we never put it into action because to witness is to be vulnerable with people about your faith. But if we take time to share our faith, we are blessed and we discover that we will deepen our relationship with the others that may come to know God. This, for me, takes me back to the Shema passage. To do all things in life with God in our minds, on our hearts, and on our, on our arms. The things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we think, in all the things that we do are a witness to others of God, of showing our faith. Service. What does it mean to serve, church? When we, when we serve, when we do service, it means that we are showing others... The love of God. Service is living in our tribe well. It's applying the principles we learnt last week into action. You've been showing love to our neighbours, to our tribe, devoting time to being involved, perhaps maybe in things for church, for finding a way to care for others in your community. It brings a blessing upon you. You might be questioning, when am I going to get to the things I need to do? Fellowship. We do fellowship here, don't we? We get to know one another. We get to care for one another. Fellowship means time spent with believers. We get support, we get encouragement strengthen our faith. It reminds me of the Acts 2 church in verses 46 to 47 where they did things in common. They lived in a tribe, they understood each other and they loved one another and because of their love for one another, their numbers multiplied. Managing our time well involves managing our tribe well as well. Finally, I'm getting to the things that we need to do. Work. Most sermons I hear about time and stewardship never talks about the realities of the fact that we all have jobs or have things that we need to do and errands that we need to run. The Bible says that we shouldn't be idle. Rather, we should find satisfaction and fulfillment in our work. And I think this comes back to the great resignation point that I was making before, that our world is going through a time of realignment and reassessment of what things are important. And we have, as I said, a special message to preach into here, that our jobs should give us satisfaction and fulfilment in our work. And you should discover that no matter where you work, you have an opportunity to influence others. It comes back to the witnessing and the service. In the things that we do, we influence others. And finally, rest. True rest. The Bible says in Exodus 28 to 11, that six days we should work, and the seventh we should rest. all things in our household, all people under our care. Should rest, spend time with God, and reset for the week that is to come. We all need a healthy rhythm to manage our time well. We need to be willing to reassess the things that are, are impacting us and are troubling us and are pulling us away from God. Ellen White said it better than I could. She said, we, ad- we are admonished to redeem time, but time squandered can never be recovered. i repeat that. Time squandered, the time that we've wasted, can never be recovered. We cannot call back even one moment. The only way in which we can redeem the time that we have today is by making the most of that which remains. We can't fret about the time from last week, yesterday, or the year before. We can only do and redeem what is coming in the time that is before us. We should should do this by being co workers with God in His great plan of redemption. How can you work for God in His great plan today? Robert Banks, uh, he was a Christian author, he's actually Australian, based out of Sydney. He he said this, and it's a kind of a a great reminder, is that this Christian commitment to work, community, and family is that often Christians are like trains, always on the move, always in a rush, and always late. Growing up, for me, I I have with my high-functioning autism, I hate being Late. I just despise being late. It it brings a sense of anxiety within me, even the very idea of being late. If you're not five minutes early for me, it's it's late. That's that's my sort of thing. I'm always where I need to be on time as much as I can. And when I run late, I feel guilty because I feel like I'm wasting other people's time. I'm wasting my own time. But a lot of Christians are trying to do everything, all the time, perfectly, and all it means is that they are always late and always rushing and never on time. So how can you focus on the things that are important? And my challenge, one of my challenges this week is for us and for me as well to reassess what's going on in our lives and to focus on the things that are most important and allow those other things to fall into place as they do. Jesus means his time well. He was entirely consecrated to God and his work. The Gospels don't seem to portray an image of a stressed out Jesus, but of one who's only limited by time. Yet, in his three years of ministry, remember that he went hard for three years and then he, he died and went to heaven, right? But he still needed to rest. In Luke five fifteen to 16, it says this. It says, yet the news about Jesus spread all the more. Crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. There were people that needed to be healed. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Maybe you need to withdraw and pray for a bit, connect with God, and then go out and be faithful with your time in our community. So, how are you going? If you open up my calendar, you'll be able to see the things that are a priority. I schedule in our anniversary, I schedule in our birthdays. I schedule in my days off. But I also have lots of other things scheduled, meetings, time away, time at at professional development. Lots and lots of different things. So if you open up my calendar, you'll also see that I try to schedule reading time. Literally, I put in my calendar, I am reading in this time. My calendar notifies me of the things that are important to me, the things I'm spending my time on. If I look at my calendar, can I profess to be living for noble causes or for things that aren't so noble? My calendar reveals what I'm actually living for. Now, you might have something else. It might be a notebook. It might be nothing at all. It might be the screen time on your iPhone or your, or, your, or your device that tells you what you're living and spending your time on. But whatever you're doing, the way you invest your time professes who you are living for. Does your calendar or whatever it is profess that you are living for God. As I conclude, what steps, or what practical step will you take this week to honour God with how you spend your time? Because time, church, is a precious gift from God. We understand that. The way we use our time shows others who we belong to, who we value, and how we are faithful stewards of God's time. So how are you going to take a practical step this week to honour God with how you spend your time? Maybe you struggle to open up the Bible. It just isn't something that, that you're able to find time for. So maybe this week the step you're going to take is to read the Bible each day, even if it starts with just this week. Maybe... This is another step you could take. Maybe it's that you're going to honour God with your time by volunteering for a ministry at our church. If you want to do that, the elders, the pastors, and all the ministry leaders would love to have a chat. Maybe it's volunteering for a service opportunity. Maybe there's a women's refuge or the op shop or plenty of other things. Maybe the school that you want to volunteer for and give some of your time. Maybe it's showing that we love others through our time and our attention towards them. Perhaps in our lives we're so busy that that we can recognise we're not showing our kids or our wife that we love them as we love our God and that we honour them, so maybe we need to give them some time. Or maybe this week you recognise that you're feeling a bit burnt out. And maybe you need to schedule some time to rest from labour. Whatever it is, church, when we manage our time well, we honour God and we honour those around us. And we get a great reward when we do that. We recognise the fact that God is the Lord of our life and I can guarantee when we manage our time well, it brings about joy and peace. So who are you? What does your time say about you? Are you living for God? Or are you living for another master? Let's bow our heads as we finish. Loving Father in heaven, Lord, I I thank you for the gift of time. Lord, I pray that this week that you may help us to take a practical step towards, towards managing our time well towards living for you with our time and honouring you and honouring those around us. God, I pray that you may uplift each of us to take a step, whatever it looks like, whether it's reading the Bible or volunteering or taking time out for our family or just seeking some rest. God, I pray that, that as we manage our time, that you may help us to live gratefully for you, that we may be able to give gratefully of our time For you as well. In your name we pray all of these things. Amen.